Hi, David Dennis here. Before we get started on today's podcast, I wanted to take just a moment to invite all the men listening to join us at our annual Kansas Navigator Spring Men's Retreat. This will be at the beautiful Crosswind Conference Center in Heston, Kansas, on Friday evening and Saturday, April 12 and 13, 2024. Our speaker this year is Mr. James Carter, the Ministry Director for the Kansas City Navigators. James is an excellent and dynamic speaker and will be addressing the topic, Making Disciples Like Jesus. Now, there is limited seating available, so be sure to sign up today at the link in the show notes. Complete information on the retreat will be found on our website at kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. That's kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. You won't want to miss this wonderful time of great fellowship, food, fun, and encouragement from God's Word. See you in Heston. Are you a doer or a prayer? You know, prayer is or should be a major part of our lives and ministry. But if you're like most people, including myself, you feel like you fall short in that area. I know I tend to resort to doing for the Lord and neglect praying. In our Kansas Navigator ministry, we often say that we shouldn't just pray for the ministry. We need to remember that prayer is the ministry. Hi, my name is David Dennis, and I'm with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. I'm so happy that you've chosen to join us today for the second of six podcasts with Mr. Al Ewert, Senior Leader in International Development with the Urban Ministry Institute in Wichita, Kansas. Today, Al shares with us what he's learned about prayer, but first he talks about what discipleship looks like in his situation in the inner city. Navigators, as you're aware, have a real heart for evangelism and and investing in individuals like you're talking about. And what, what does that look like? You've mentioned the relational aspect. What does discipleship look like in your setting? I'm not sure it's so much different than than what what you would look in another church setting or whatever. It's still that whether it's one-on-one or in small groups, that investment in lives, helping them come to a total surrender to Christ. Uh, I, I imagine the wheel diagram still being used yep, in the right. navigator circles. We, we, uh, I mean, we, we, everybody that came on our staff, we'd get them learning the wheel diagram, teaching that, and saying, okay, yeah, we need to get people established in the Word. We need to get them in uh, uh, growing in their prayer lives. We need to have them in fellowship with others, and let's get them sharing their faith as quick as they can. And so, I mean, that was so much a core of who, who we've been as an organization. And so uh, we would always set people up and follow up. We'd get them in one-on-one relationships with someone to follow them up. We'd call it follow up until a certain point. And then now it's moving into uh, discipleship levels. And we'd, we'd be praying for people for them to start investing in. And, and so I think those same principles, I don't know that much is different. It's just, there's a big difference when you start talking historical, generational brokenness. Uh, you know, the healing of those deep wounds, uh, forgiveness issues, the trauma that's been experienced, uh, 
kids growing up in homes where a father, they never knew a father, he was in prison more than he was out of prison and the violence sometimes, that's part of the community. I mean, that, that, those leave big marks. And, uh, you know, that I think, so we, you know, establishing those, those discipleship patterns were, has been so key to us, but then also the importance of the church that people need to be a part of a body of Christ. And where there was no church for these people, that led us as an organization eventually into uh, church planting efforts, but that the discipleship needs to take place within the body of Christ, where where there's such brokenness in families that, uh, uh, you know, that that church, that, that body, that whether it's small groups or whatever, needed to be a significant part of the discipleship process. What does what does your ministry look like nowadays, uh, Al? Well, we've we've been through a lot of phases as an organization, from where our staff were all frontline ministries, and so we'd move into these communities, we'd establish homes. Uh, all of our staff lived in the neighborhoods where we were working, and then we went through those phases of. Uh, developing holistic ministries, medical clinics, job training, all those kinds of things. Uh, today, we're a ministry that's more coming alongside other leaders, other churches, other organizations that are doing the same work. Uh, and we provide a lot of the training, the resources that are able to help strengthen their ministries. Uh, and so uh, my particular focus happens to be with a lot of the international efforts that we're, uh, we're involved in. Uh, one of the key ministries within World Impact was the Urban Ministry Institute, which we called TUMI, T-U-M-I, kind of a unique name, but that's how it's, it's known. And uh, we have thousands and thousands of folk in leadership training programs uh, that flow out of that. Uh, a lot of our work is in the prisons uh, across this country, and now we're in 20 other countries with uh, with some of these leadership training programs. We had Dr. Don Davis on the podcast several uh, months ago, and yeah, he was able yeah, to give us uh, with that. information about that. Yeah, that's a fantastic, yeah. fantastic deal. Thank you. Um, tell us um, about the role of prayer in your ministry or in your in your life. Well, I kind of wish there had been a lot of more prayer in my life over the years. And I wonder if we don't all say that as we get older. I mean, I, uh, my early, I mean, I've got stacks of Bible, Bible verses. I mean, we emphasize scripture memory uh, with all our Bible club kids. We said it'd be better to remember uh, 25 verses the rest of their lives. Uh, than to learn Bible verses each week and forget them. So we emphasize scripture memory. Well, as you would well know, one of those early verses would be John 15, 7, uh, John 16, 24. And so I'd grown up uh, in a house where there was a lot of prayer. Uh, my grandfather died when I was two years old. But I knew that he would get up when he wasn't traveling. He'd get up at 4.30 in the morning 
and go down into the cellar and he'd come up a couple hours later. And sh uh, shortly before my grandmother died, I was with her and, and I said, explain this prayer stuff. And she went and got his Bible and there was a prayer guide. Sundays, we prayed for Mondays, I think it was the pastors, Tuesdays, missionaries. If I remember right, Thursdays, he prayed for his grandchildren. Uh, when we'd go visit my grandmother, we'd, uh, uh, we'd all at the end of the evening, we'd family get on our knees and in German, the prayers would begin and she'd pray around the room and I'd finally hear my name. I said, okay, this is my time. Uh, my parents remember them always praying together and hear them praying in their bedroom. Uh, and so there was a lot of that in my life, but I was a doer. It was easy to do. I was a creator. I uh, uh, very relational, and I would always say, "I need to pray more." But we would have at least we had a lot of staff prayer meetings. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, Don Davis, uh, we would we had a six thirty in the morning prayer group every Friday morning. We would pray together, and uh, and so. But in my own life, I would look back and say, wow, I, I always knew I should pray more. But it was so easy to go do things. And uh, in these last years, prayer has been a far more a significant part of my life. And, uh, and I, I'm absolutely convinced that if there's ministry that's going to last, if it's going to have fruit, it's going to be birthed in prayer. And sometimes I wonder how much of the fruit of our ministry came for people that were praying for us rather than, you know, my own prayers. And I, have, I don't know how many old ladies in Hillsborough that knew my family, knew me. When I'd go up there, they'd say, I pray for your, your ministry every day. Um, I had one cousin, she died some years ago. She was 10 years older than me. And she'd always say, how's Joe Ford doing? It's now 30 or 40 years since I, we started praying for him. We pray for him every day. He was one of those guys that accepted Christ in those first months when I was on Estelle. Well, all that prayer, supported by many people, I know that has uh, moved God's hand. Now I'm a lot more committed to prayer myself. Isn't that encouraging? All that prayer by so many people over the years was vitally important in the lives of others. James reminds us in James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I don't know about you, but I'm so encouraged and inspired to really invest in the lives of people by praying for them regularly. Remember, don't just pray for the ministry. Remember that prayer is the ministry. Next time, Al shares some practical advice on how to implement an effective prayer life. I know you won't want to miss that podcast as we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.